Hello and welcome to Cool Explorations. I'm your host, Tony Peters. Today we're going to be blessed to uh, be partnering with These 16 Things podcast. Uh, so we'll be speaking with uh, Luke Grimm for sure, possibly his uh, partner, Brian Perry. Uh, we'll see if he can make it, but uh, going to be a very interesting topic, standing on the truth. Please listen in. Hope you enjoy this uh, partnership. Welcome to Cool Explorations. We are back doing interviews. It has been a while. I know. I'm sorry. I was on vacation uh, for much of March. Today we have Luke Grimm on uh, and uh, he is in a partnership with Brian Perry uh, and they have a podcast called The 16 Things. Is that is yeah. that correct? Perfect. Yeah, perfect. These, these 16 Things. That's right. These 16 Things.com. So uh, he's going to talk about that podcast uh, in a little bit here, but why don't you start off by just introducing us to a little bit about who you are and your, your background with uh, with the faith. Yeah, great question. And uh, that the way you asked it, I, I have to tell a story. Uh, <laughs> so I, I spent some time in the Army. I spent 20 years. And uh, <clears throat> I was the first sergeant maybe stationed in Hawaii. And there were a bunch of bunch of senior non-commissioned officers in a meeting. And some officer came in and said, okay, everyone go around the room and just introduce yourself. And the first person does what everyone else does. You know, my name's First Sergeant Smith, and I'm with Charlie Company, whatever. And everybody would do the same thing. They would identify themselves with their rank, their last name, and what unit they're in. And I was like 11th or 12th. I was like, this is dumb. So it got around to me, and I stood up and said, yeah, I'm Luke. Uh, married, my wife, T and I. We got five kids at the time, and we go to Inspire Church, uh, north of Honolulu. I sat back down, and I got some crazy looks. So introducing myself, who I am. Uh, yeah, so my name is Luke. Uh, married to wife, Tia. We have eight kids. We got seven daughters and a year-and-a-half-old boy. Uh, we go to church on the south side of Indianapolis, Indiana, down here in the great United States. Uh, I am a high school teacher. I teach 12th grade government and economics. I am a retired Army guy, and uh, I'm just trying to use my voice just like you, man. Um, Brian and I, we have a real heart for parents that um, are struggling to raise their kids with faith, struggling to raise their kids with integrity so that when their kids leave the house, they can stand for Christ. So that's kind of our angle, man. It's kind of what we're trying to do. Yeah, and uh, I know our government systems would prefer that that there be no Christianity anywhere, uh, no mention of God, because we are all our own God. Uh, that is that is the the teaching these days. I would love to hear your testimony and how that kind of take uh, ties into standing on the truth. How you got to that being a, a, an important topic for you? Sure. So my my testimony really does start when I was a teenager, actually. Uh, my dad was military. So when I was going into ninth grade, we moved to Hawaii. So I've been, I've lived in Hawaii twice in high school, then as an adult. And when I was going to high school as a white kid, the school of 2,500 kids was only 10% white. So I found myself trying to fit and I was in the minority and I realized I was really good at shoplifting. I was very good at stealing things from stores. And I thought my way of making friends and fitting in would, would be to go to these stores and steal things and bring them to school and sell them for a dollar. Um, and I was doing that for a while. And uh, of course people get caught. Everybody gets caught. <laughs> uh, and I remember one time we we're at the Navy exchange on Pearl Harbor. I don't know if you're familiar with, with Pearl Harbor and the bombing of you know, December 7th, 1941. Yeah. yeah. I was at the Navy exchange with my friend and um, I, I was stealing a shirt and I felt I was, my, my heart rate was going a little fast. My adrenaline spikes like, you know, something's wrong. I, and I, I shoved it back somewhere. And on the way out, uh, the security, they got us. Now I didn't have it with me anymore, but I'm with my friend and his dad who was in the army. 
And I can't explain the embarrassment and the fury on his face because I had been going to their church for about two weeks. Um, so when we're all done, I didn't get charged with anything because I didn't actually walk out with it, but went back with Antoine and his dad and went to his house. And there's his mom sitting at the table with the Bible open and a cup of coffee, tapping her foot on the floor, told me, boy, sit down. And she went through John 3, 16, and she gave me the business. And she Good didn't bring her. fire and brimstone, but uh, what she did was explain consequences and relationship. And uh wasn't much longer that after that, I went down to the beaches of Waikiki. Uh, I was baptized in the ocean there. Uh, and I, I went to the church for a while, and of course, I fell off a few times later. I think we all tend to go through seasons, but uh, that would be the start. That would be the start of me following Jesus was a uh, high school, ninth and 10th grade. That is, what about uh, it, Tony? You uh, you ever been baptized in the oceans of Hawaii? Never been baptized in the ocean. No, I was baptized in my in my church pool. That was that was uh, the water was, was not even all that warm in, in the oh, church no. pool. Uh, <laughs> it, it was it was a hose that was a garden hose that was used to fill it. So and it was and it was just after Easter. Uh, that's that's when our church tends to do baptisms. Uh, yeah. The old church that I went to um, just transferred my membership this year, actually, from that church to to the church I'm at now with my wife. Uh, even though I've been attending this church for a lot of years, uh, I just the membership, yeah, yeah, I just never got around to actually becoming a member of the new church, even though my wife was already. Uh, but uh, no, never been baptized in the ocean. Um, I don't like to get wet, but uh, on our vacation this. This past uh, month, my, my wife uh, booked us a a snorkeling uh, excursion, so uh, I, I had to get wet. <laughs> I heard that snorkeling <laughs> is in the water, so yeah, that's yeah, happen. yeah. But uh, <laughs> no, I, th- that was a lot of fun, very relaxing. I can imagine being baptized in the ocean would be great. Uh, every time I, I see the ocean, I'm from Vancouver, BC originally, so that's like right on the ocean, and it always reminds me just of of how amazing our God is. And how much power he has that he could create such a, a vast ocean and all these pieces of land that just are habitable. It's when humbling. No man. other planet is, and it's like it is so humbling. It but, is. But I think uh, I think a reason we miss that. Um, I think a lot of time we walk around looking straight ahead and down. I, I got it in oceans down. I understand, but I think we we generally just look at the buildings and the stuff we made and. It's easy to lose focus just on how awesome this planet is. And it did not happen by accident. It really is. And uh, no, um, and evolutionists can't explain properly how anything came. It just is theory upon theory upon theory. And it's one of those things. Time and chance, buddy. Yeah, just time and chance did it all. Yeah, my my son that was bothering him the other day because he got that, uh, that they're starting to learn that in science. Uh, and, uh, the, his teacher's big into that kind of, that kind of stuff. And, and I, I said to him and my wife corrected me right after I said this, but, uh, I, I said to him, I said, why don't you ask her, um, why it's theory, proving theory, proving theory, proving theory. Where's the actual proof for each of these theories that you say you have hard evidence for, or where's the evidence? And my wife's like, don't ask him to question his teachers publicly because it's just going to lead. I'm like, right. He's been in trouble for that before because he has questioned them on things and proven them wrong. You told me about that when we very yes. first talked. Yes. So he, he's been in trouble for that before. So my wife's like, don't tell him to do that because he will. And he's able to, <laughs> you know, about three weeks ago, we were driving downtown and uh, 
there was some construction site and they, the trucks had made huge piles of dirt. There are three huge piles of dirt. And if you picture a dump truck dumping dirt, it always ends up with a pile or a mound, right? It comes to a top. And that doesn't happen in natural nature for just loose dirt to pile up naturally. And and while we're driving, my, my daughter, 12 years old, Naomi, she goes, look, dad, evolution. And she was joking because she's looking at a pile of dirt. And we joked because it's dirt. Evolution can't even explain a pile of dirt happening like that. That's how unnatural that is. How are you going to explain life? What yep. are we talking about here? It's ridiculous, man. Good for you and your son. Wait a minute. Um, yeah, well, I'm glad he has the brain that he has um, has on him. Uh, why don't you explain just a little bit about your podcast, um, and then we'll get right into the uh, the topic of standing on the truth. Um, but just remind us where we can find it um, and how you and, and Brian came to to create this. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, Brian approached me in January. He had been thinking on this uh, for about five or six months. Brian heard a podcast last August from The Survivalist. And on The Survivalist, who's kind of a homesteader, he had talked about 15 things that should be taught in school but aren't. Now, those 15 things were more secular. They, they were not Christian-based. But the concept really stuck with him. So we took that and we twisted it and we tweaked it. Um, and so if you were to go to these 16 things, It'll ask for your email address, sign up for newsletter. We'll, we'll talk about that later. You could just close that down, but there's a drop down list of the 16 actual things. And it could be biblical financial literacy. Um, we have standing, standing for truth and standing for crisis on there. Um, we have, we have these things that if we send our kids to public school, they're not going to learn these things, but if we don't discuss them, they're almost going to learn the opposite. All they have to do is get on TikTok. Even though this is going to go on YouTube, we know what it's like. Kids are just browsing YouTube all night. They're going to turn on Disney. Let your child turn on Disney unattended for two hours. They're mm -hmm. going to get something from that. They're going to get it for, at recess from the playground, at cafeteria, at lunch. They're going to get it from a teacher. So if we don't take the time to intentionally discuss these things, when our children leave the house at the age of 18 or 19, um, the world is going to hit them hard. And if they're not ready to stand, if they're not ready to be confident who they are when their faith is challenged, when when the whole way that they operate is challenged, well, we're not there to help them. We can't interject in a conversation when they're at college, when they're at work. They have to be able to do it on their own. So we believe if we have intentional conversations at the house, it could be chaotic. It could be argumentative. It's definitely <laughs> awkward, uncomfortable, but it's controlled. And no matter how it goes one night, we can just simply readdress it the next day or in the next week. So, yeah. So if somebody were to go to the website and sign up for a newsletter, you can read about the 16 things. But the real power is when you sign up for the newsletter. Now, on a Monday and a Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard, you'll get a newsletter. It, it's, it's a five-minute read. But what we do, we take turns each week just writing out the topic. Um, and the topic, it says, look, think about this thing. Get your kids at the dining room table, put the phones away, turn off the TV and talk about this awkward, uncomfortable thing. Then on Sunday we'll, or Thursday, we'll send out another newsletter with maybe a little bit more encouragement. So uh, the other week I wrote about pornography. Uh, I've written about electronics with kids, uh, written about what it means, not just leading, but before that is following, but before that is serving. And we had a whole week lesson about teaching our kids what it means to serve. And what greater example is than Jesus our disciples feet how yeah. we watch them that was the whole lesson talking about hey parents sit down with your kids and read it then after you're done reading it 
And this is what the newsletter had us do. After you get done reading, allow a 30-second silence for your kid to imagine the room where Jesus is kneeling. Smell the, Can you smell the wood? Can you smell the, the wine and the food? Can you imagine the dust in the air? Can you imagine how nasty and dirty his rag was? Can you imagine what his towel was when he got done drying that's wrapped around his waist? Can you imagine these things? And even if someone's listening that doesn't follow Jesus, they can picture this scenario. But if somebody signs up for the newsletter and they get something like this, it allows them to sit down with their kid in this example. Like, look, Johnny or Susie, the God, the creator of the universe sent this man down, his son, who got on his knees and wiped the dirt and the grime and the crud and everything off of these 12 people's feet and then dried it with a cloth around his waist and told us to do the same. I'll tell you what, parents, this is encouragement. We Let's let's teach our kids how to serve. So yeah, Tony, I, that was kind of a long intro, but if somebody went to the website, uh, sign up for the newsletter. And then we, we post videos quite often trying to encourage and empower parents. Sorry for the long intro on that, Tony. No, that, that is all good. Uh, and I know our the Bible school I attended, Miller College of the Bible, uh, which is about 45 minutes from where I live. They, that is one thing that they, that they teach. And that's one thing they do every year is you wash. I'm not sure if they still do it now that COVID's been around, but you would wash each other's feet. And so you'd line up and you'd get your feet washed and then you'd join the line to wash other people's feet. And it was a really humbling experience. And it was, it was meant to just show us that Christ was a servant and that is what we are called to be. And you also talk about um, kids and uh, things that they're viewing. And it's, it is very, very important that we as parents monitor what our kids are watching, not just blindly hand them a phone. Uh, they have to log into my YouTube. So I see the history of everything that they watch. And with my daughter, especially, she watches beauty and makeup stuff. And we're just like, it's not all about your looks. Stop worrying about your looks. And her one friend, and she's eight and her friend is six now, but her friend puts on makeup already. And yes, it's play makeup, but she puts on makeup and she puts it on my daughter's face. And then my daughter comes home and we're like, wipe that off your face. I, it's not all about your looks. And that is one thing you really have to watch because society is constantly flooding them with these messages, especially the woke stuff about, about being, being trans, being gay. And uh, like they just, they're pushing it down there, that drag queens, they're shoving it all down your kids throat everywhere that they turn and disney is terrible for it one of the few things we watch on disney is mandalorian uh and we watch um uh nature shows and even with nature shows yeah we we kind of we kind of explain a little bit more as we go and my son is really good about it he's he's like oh that that's not true he said this is what i he's really good at 11 to be able to pick up on all these things because of his his high iq he can yeah. actually pick up on all these things my daughter doesn't she's eight so she doesn't quite pick up on it the same way he does but we explain and uh, when it came to the topic of puberty they were covering school we sat down and talked with my son about puberty and at the same time his class was having to watch the the show red, turning red yeah uh and we told my son he had full permission to not pay attention during that movie, that he could just draw and uh, do whatever he wanted during that time. And if the teacher had problems with it, the teacher could talk to us. So was did people have to opt in to watch that movie? No, it was just something they showed to the class. 
Yeah. So I have so many things to say from this stuff already. Number one is you are, um, in my opinion, doing this right. You are doing what our what our website and our, our you call it a podcast. I get it. But it's a website with a newsletter and our YouTube videos. What we're trying to help parents know is that they're not alone. You're not the only one struggling to raise teens. I promise. Yeah. But we need to be intentional. And that is the word through and through. So we could we could uh, tackle these one at a time. Let's talk about the makeup. It's not about the makeup on the eight-year-old. Because a lot of six and eight-year-olds, when they put the makeup on, parents are like, oh, that's cute. Maybe it is. But the end goal is not how cute they are today. It's what are we teaching our kids as they're going to become teenagers? And how how do you want your kid to be when they're out of the house? Do you want them to be hopped up on how they look on their face? Because I promise the next thing is going to be their clothes. And at that some point, it's an parents, issue. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And at some point, parents, we feel like we've lost control. We let them do whatever we want. Now we have a, a 20 year old that dresses, you know, pick the way you want to say it. So, yeah. but if we're intentional with take the makeup off, that's because we understand the long game. Yeah. Um, she, she already wants to wear shirts that show her belly. And we're like, um, not a chance. That yeah, shirt is we too homeschool, buddy. That that yeah. shirt is too small. You are taking that off and putting on a oh. better shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I believe that every kid, boy, or girl is going to go through these kind of things. The question is, as parents, how do we respond? Yeah. Do we say, oh, it's okay, but it's not. Okay. Now uh, you mentioned the Disney stuff um, and how you're, you're the nature channel. And if we are not intentional with our kids, they're going to hear this guy talk about over the last 750 million years, something's <laughs> evolved. And, yeah. and as adults, we're like, this is dumb. Then we keep on listening, but kids, kids are picking this up. And if we have not been intentional, our kids don't know what's happening. And exactly. we become numb to it. We become numb to it, become numb to it. Um, you mentioned turning red. The fact that a high school or a middle school, right? Middle school? Middle school. Um, a middle school is pushing Disney movies. It's, maybe it was okay in the 1990s, right? I'm 43. Uh, I clearly remember the era of The Little Mermaid, The Lion King, Tarzan. Live um, before time. We watched yes, that in school all the time. Yeah. Uh, yes. Nowadays, however, Disney ha- is making an entire movie about a teenage girl getting her period. Yep. In the same time frame that we can't tell you what a woman is. We can't tell you what a woman is, which means we can't tell you what women's rights are. But we're going to spend an hour and a half talking about a girl getting her period. And I, w- I would tell you, Tony, if you get on a Baymax, they got a TV show now. Yeah. Uh, did you watch the what I'm about to tell you about? I know what you're going to talk about. Yeah. I've, yeah. I, this yeah. is what Disney has. Baymax is going shopping for tampons. And here's a transgender man saying what kind of tampons he likes. Why would we put our kids in front of this? But because you've been intentional with your child, he's able to go and he's forced. He's forced to go watch this. And if he's not ready, he's going to soak in a lot of this uh, narrative that's pushed at him. So I applaud you, man. I applaud you to, to for being intentional. I really, really do. I think it's a great way to do it. Yeah, and uh, we've been talking about standing on the truth, uh, and it is such an important topic for for us as Christians to to be able to be prepared uh, for everything when it comes along. And uh, Christ does call us to be ready uh, yeah. to de- to defend our faith whenever we are called upon and share the faith uh, with other people. That's it's a command. It's not even a a thing that He's asking us to do. It's it's we're commanded to do is share the word of God and defend our faith. Uh, and part of that comes with actually having the head knowledge and knowing the scripture well enough that you can refer to the scriptures. And for people who maybe 
disregard the scriptures to be able to be like, okay, well, they're disregarding scriptures. How can I approach this from another angle where they're actually going to understand this? How do we as Christians get to that point where we can stand firm in our faith and on the truth? It's, I, I see two conversations. One is where I'm talking about adults and one is where I'm talking about kind of like our target audience, which would be the teenagers. Yeah. So let me do the teenagers first. When a teenager leaves the house and they go to work or go to college, they have a dorm roommate and the dorm roommate looks at him and says, what? You're a Christian. What? Why are you a Christian? So if we envision our kids at that age, at that place being challenged, why are you a Christian? Why did you get baptized? Why do you give money to church? Whatever that question is. And we can't insert ourselves in help. We can't say, hold on, let me, let, let's search together. Let's find some scripture. Um, our kid has to tackle that spur of the moment when it happens. And if they're not prepared for that, we're going to hear two really, really bad answers. Number one, I don't know. My, my, I don't know. I really don't know. Horrible answer. Next one is even worse, which is my parents just made me go to church. Yeah. But isn't that classic? So I believe um, a lot of parents think their kids hold their same faith or think their kids hold their same political values. They think that because they've never challenged them. They're, the kids are just in the house and they think, oh, they just pick up what we do. But we're not challenging them. So there is a lot to answer your question. There is a lot of value in sitting our kids down and saying, you know, why do you go to church? Do it to your 13 year old. Why, why, why do you go to church? Oh, because you make me. OK, what if I didn't make you? And you want to you get to the why. The, you keep asking, well, why this? Why this? Okay, you're going because you want to go to church. Or you're going to find out they don't. And it's okay to tackle that with love. Because if we don't do it when they're 13 or 14, they're going to be dismantled by culture when they leave the house. Um, they'll come back one Christmas to Thanksgiving. You won't recognize them. You just won't recognize them. Yeah. So I think we need to um, teach and we need to challenge. And I think it takes moms and dads to sit down and do this, to open up a Bible uh, I have a phone here because so, I know we're going to talk about scripture. I got to be ready to fly, but and we got Bibles all over the house. So parents, I would ask you, um, do you? This I, I'm not trying to make anyone feel guilty, but it's a real honest question. Do your kids know where your Bible is? Do the kids see it? Is it ever open? And again, that's not about, about guilt, but if they don't see us doing our thing, they won't follow. So Tony, I'm, that's where I would, I would hit you up on the teens that we have to actually sit down and do it with them. Um, but Tony, you've been to, you've been to some sort of Bible college, right? Yep. I haven't. And many adults haven't. And so I think a lot of parents feel disqualified. Um, if they're honest, they say, ah, I'm not the pastor. I'm not the youth pastor. I don't feel like I'm qualified. John the Baptist did not go through seminary. And the very first red ink in the Bible is Jesus speaking as he's being baptized. You yeah. know, Jesus told, told go forth and baptize in my name. I mean, who do, who do we think is doing all these baptisms in the in the year 206, 319, 450? Biblical scholars? How about when the New Testament wasn't even written yet? You know, there's no Bible college to go to. So adults that think they're disqualified, um, I would encourage you. Um, you're not. In in your kids' eyes, you are the expert in the house. Yeah. So I'd, I'd really encourage some parents that you're not disqualified. You are the expert in the house. So have a seat. Give it a shot. Yeah, well, and uh, if you don't tackle these things and approach them, um, I, I have heard 
I've heard stories so many times of people who their kids go off to university and they come home and they are completely different. They want nothing to do with Christianity. Uh, they're suddenly trans uh, or whatever fad is coming in. And it is a fad right now. Uh, it's a very scary fad. Uh, because the scars are permanent. Uh, and I've also heard stories of so many of these people who have transitioned and then later regret it, but it's too late. Uh, they've already done the damage to their body. And uh, so we need to have our kids be prepared. And going to Bible school, I only have one year and uh, I've had other people, um, even the ministry I was in before, uh, which I'm no longer partnered with, but uh the director would kind of try and make it seem like because he has four years of Bible school, oh. that, that that makes him more important. And uh, I was like, I've self-studied so much of scripture and understand it. I've read so many books about different parts of Christianity. So I'm like, having four years of Bible school does not make you better or more qualified. And I would say that to parents. Again, like you say, reiterate going to Bible school doesn't make me more qualified. It, it It's it's about studying yourself, keeping in the scripture, keeping in prayer and that relationship and communication with God. And like you say, showing your kids by your actions that yep. you actually care about your faith and that it is the most important thing to you. Yeah. I think it's a lie when we disqualify ourselves and we say we're not, we're not good enough to teach this to our kids. Yeah. I think it's a lie that we're being told it's a, it's a bad bill of sale. Um, we are good enough. We are absolutely every single one of us is good enough. Creation is out there that every single one of us can see it and identify it and know that this is from God. We don't need to go to become a scientist. We don't need to know biology. We don't need to do all these things. It is, uh, it's, it's evident. All these things are evident. And I really like how you let in with um, to give an account and to tell our story. Um, and I think uh, now we're talking about adults. Tony, I think a yeah. lot of adults that struggle with this, um, they feel like they have to have all the Bible verses memorized for any given conversation. When somebody challenges me on why do bad things happen to good people? I better have these 17 verses from apologetics ready. I don't, you know, but I can just have a conversation, right? We can make sense of some things. Uh, well, what about when somebody challenges me on this or on this or on this? You don't have to have all the verses ready. Right. But if we can just give an account to our story on how we're changed, we're called to do that. Now, will that change people's minds? <clears throat> no, the Bible didn't tell us to change people's minds. The Bible didn't tell us to change people's hearts either. That it's not, we, we can't, we can't change someone's hearts on this stuff. Uh, but Tony, I'll tell you, um, if you and I were to meet and you were a Christ follower and I weren't, and I started to challenge her, like, what, what, what is it that, why do you do these things? And you say, you know what? Let me just tell you, let me give you two minutes of why. And you told me about your relationship with Christ. Then you maybe just had a couple of things to talk about that. And we parted ways. Well, you would not change my mind. You would not change my heart, but I promise for the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven days, I am thinking about that conversation. Yeah. And you and I may never meet again, but I'm thinking about that hard. And that, I think that's what we're called to do. We're called to be little steps on people's ways and, let Jesus, let the Holy Spirit work that. Yeah, yeah. It's up to us to plant the seeds. It's up to the Holy Spirit to do that, to do the harvesting and the growing uh, within people. Um, and I know 
one thing that that really comes to mind is is there was a movie I watched um that was it was on uh, Redeem TV and uh it was I can't remember the name of the movie we have it but uh one of the questions that the one person asked the other person was who are you and the guy listed off this description of who he was and all this and then uh there was no mention of Christianity in there and then he's like He's like, okay, you said you came in here with the pastor and the pastor's in the other room talking to somebody and you're in here talking to me, but I asked you who you are and you didn't say I'm a Christian. You didn't say I'm a follower of God. You didn't say any of that. So he said, I'm going to ask you again, who are you? And uh, that really led me to uh, something that that I've sent to to my pastor and uh, to other pastors, our youth pastor, I encourage him to share it with the youth, is to ask that question, who are you? And get them to just write down an answer of who they are. And then get them to take a look at that paper and be like, okay, where's God on that list? If God is not number one on that list, why isn't God number one on that list of who you are? And the other side, I don't say the other side is, I'm not, I'm not trying to pitch sides, but you had mentioned uh, culture and trans and LGBTQ. Yeah. Um, I was having a conversation with, with someone the other day. If somebody says that they are trans and they're out there fighting the fight, um, that is their identity. Like their entire life appears to be seen through the lens of trans. Their entire life, every their lens, everything they look through is through the lens of I'm a gay man and this is how I see the world. Why? Yeah, I'm a straight identify. man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a straight man. I don't do that. Why would you do that? Well, I'm a lesbian. So all of my profile pictures, all of my things are like this. Why? I'm a straight man. I don't do that. Well, I'm trans. And so everything I talk about and everything I say is that why? I don't understand that, but they will put their identity, I mean, up front for everyone to see. And it bothers me that they do that. But I mean, they are glued to it. Yeah. And let's well, flip it to what you're talking about. If our identity is in Christ, is it evident? Yeah, and society is actually starting to push back on that now. Uh, yeah. We see that with the Bud Light thing, Bud Light and oh, Budweiser. Oh, Lord have mercy. Yes, sir. I absolutely love that that they are in such hot water over this because the right people on the right, conservatives, uh, they're, they're boycotting it because they have the trans person on there and they're making it seem as if if you don't follow with and identify with the trans person that you're somehow less of a, a human or less of a good person yeah uh, and then uh now that they're starting to backtrack on that well now the left is is coming out at them and the and the liber- liberals are coming at them being like well now you're saying that that trans are not good enough for you and uh so it's like now they're stuck in the middle and it's like you put yourself in this hot water yeah uh, m- nobody maybe cared. nobody yeah. cared what bud light had to think about trans yeah and nobody why cared. and why should we care like and yeah. why why is is that such a, a, an important thing to you that you have to shove that in our faces like you say as straight people we don't go and we and when people ask who we are we don't identify as oh i'm, I'm a straight white I'm, man yeah i'm a straight white man yeah we don't say that so why is it oh i'm a gay person or i i'm i'm black well yeah. i don't care if you're black i don't care if you're native i i have native in my background uh, i i personally don't care right? none of that matters to me what matters to me is your actions and what yeah. matters to me is is what you show me and that's why as christians we do need to show that we are christian and thank you for listening to cool explorations 
You've just heard us talking with these 16 Things podcast about standing on the truth. I hope this has been a meaningful subject to you. It is very important for all of us Christians to really understand, especially in these trying times where we are under attack. Uh, I hope that you will uh, consider supporting me. You can do so on Patreon or through PayPal. Uh, Just shoot me an email if you have any questions at all through tpeters745 at gmail.com.